Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. All right, let's jump right into the Word. Since I have you standing already, let's go ahead and jump into the Word here. We were talking about learning to dominate for this week. So Isaiah 55, 10 through 13. It says, the rain and snow come down for the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same for my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Where there once were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name and they will be an everlasting sign of power and love. This portion of scripture echoes creation and the recreation that God promises for us and the mission that we take on for dominion. It's a beautiful deception, I'm sorry, depiction of God's will for us on earth to be vibrant in our lives, to be joyful and peaceful. Not just so we can be happy, but to bring glory to God's name. Join me in prayer as we usher in the Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you so much for letting us be a part of this church family and what this church is doing. I come up here great humbly but excited, Lord, to be a part of this church family. Lord, we know that your word will never come back void or empty. Your promises will stand forever, Lord, as we set our dominion here in your kingdom, God. Lord, we ask that you establish your kingdom here with all of us here in your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes and our hearts, Lord to know your plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, Sunday we began a second part of our semester of I am a child of God. And Pastor Bobby spoke about being born to dominate. So today we're going to go a little deeper in tonight's message called learning to dominate. Because a lot of times there is a lot of church lingo and a lot of things said, but sometimes we look over some of the most simplest foundations that cause us to doubt ourselves or to not fully understand God's promise. And once it hits you, it changes your perspective on the world around you. God has created us to fulfill a purpose. And when we read the scripture, his word will not return empty or without fruit. So when he starts something, he is going to finish it. So to get this right, we have to figure out what our original purpose was. So instead of having points tonight, I have questions. The what, when, where, why, and how. How to successfully fulfill that purpose and set up the dominion. So my number one question is why did God create us? And for years, we've always, I've always heard growing up is we were created to worship God. And it stops right there. And it sounds good, and it's not wrong, but I think we missed the main source because that's not what God exactly told us. So we're going to go to 
the Genesis 1, 26 and 29. And we're going to recover just a little bit what we learned Sunday because the first question that we probably have, especially when experiencing God for the first time, is why am I here or why did God create me? The beginning, the, to begin to answer this question, we're going to go through, look through this scripture to tell us why he created humans in the first place. Verse 26 said, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us, to reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, wild animals on earth, and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now notice here that God spoke to himself before creating humans. Before, in the other days of creation, God spoke to wherever that creature was going to come from. He spoke to an area they would not only be made from, but they would dominate that area. So the animals, so he would talk to the earth and said, let, their, let uh, animals and plants come forth of the ground. And as you know, the, the giant animals, the elephants, the, the trees, they would dominate the land completely. And then he had the birds. He said, let the sky come forth, all flying creatures. And they were built to dominate the sky. Nothing on land could dominate the sky as long as they were flying. Now, we know they land on earth, but we know they don't dominate that space. When he talked to the sea, he said, let the, let the sea swarm with fish and to overcome every living, swarming thing. And even the sun, he called to the sky to let there be lights in the sky. So he called where it was coming from and where it was going to be made from. And they each dominated a different section. But when it comes to human beings, we're quite different. And whenever he spoke to create humans, he first spoke to himself and said, let us create. So we are not only just from this earth, but we are also from spirit from God. Because now we can dominate all the spectrums of the earth because we just don't come from the land as we were formed, but we come from spirit in heavenly places. We are the true children of God to dominate his creation that comes from him. Just as God uh, dominates and controls all the creatures of heaven, therefore we also dominate our area and create all the creatures that he created for us. Now verse 27, it goes on, So God created human beings in his own image. His image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So that is why God created us. He created us in the image of himself to rule just like he does in heaven. See, the beautiful thing about Eden was it was a representation of heaven on earth. So just as God rules the heavens, he wanted us to rule and extend his kingdom down to a physical realm. So when you put yourself in that concept and say, not only are we children of God coming from his own spirit, but he wants to rule and dominate with us on his creation, giving us the say-so on earth and being that one lifeline connection to the entire step of the way. That means you are worth so much more than the world has led you to believe. Jesus is not just a feel-good message so you can wipe away what you've done. He has restored you from when you originally created. You are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The scripture says that even the angels, as amazing as they are, and everyone feared them when they saw them in the Bible, he says that they are to serve those who work for the will of God, those who experience salvation, which is me and you. 
And we know that disobedience was a stumbling block for humanity and has for a long time and still is. But God would not have his word become unfruitful. He would not let his enemy run, ruin his creation. So he, became, he, came, he, he came himself as Jesus Christ to the earth to settle the score and restore us to our former authority as children of the most high God. So now that we talked about the why, which is a mouthful, why did God create us? Now we can talk about what is our purpose. Now the what and why are very close together, but there is a difference. Now here in the next verse, we have a mandate and instructions given by God to humans. So he says all these things we always quote, but a little later, he says, God blessed them, directly anointed them, and said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, being fruitful doesn't, always, doesn't mean to have more children. Multiply does. Being fruitful means to go out and do something. Be productive. Produce something fantastic. And then multiply it. Fill the earth and govern it. It's almost as if, and we'll learn a little in Scripture here that goes along with this, that Eden was a certain size for the two people there. But as they were to replicate Eden as far as the earth could hold... So as they replicated, after they multiplied and taught their children to be fruitful and multiply, then Eden and heaven on earth would grow more and more. It sounds a lot like the great commission given by Jesus before ascending into heaven. Matthew 28, 18 and 20 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given you all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you. Sounds a lot like be fruitful and multiply. Teach others, grow Eden, make this movement much bigger than when it started. And this one even have a little promise, a little extra than we see in Genesis, because this says, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said that this road would not be easy but do not fear because he has overcome the world and he is with us always. So what is our purpose? To take the work of God and spread it to all the earth to be fruitful and multiply. So we talked about the why. We talked about the what. Now, how do we do that? Because when you first read this, it's like, okay, I can control a bunch of animals. There's, you know, what do I do with that information with my life? Especially in today's world where you barely see a dog or squirrel on the street. Okay, so how can we take dominion here? God not only gave him the instruction, but supplied them for the mission. So verse 29, it says, God says, look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for food. I've given you every green plant as food for the wild animals, the birds of the sky, the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Not only are you supplied, but the things you're supposed to dominion work on, they're supplied also. So all you have to do is the work because all the hard stuff has already been taken care of. Another important detail, we're going to skip to Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. says, this is the account of the creation of the heavens and earth. Then the Lord God made the heavens and the earth. Verse 5. Neither wild plant nor grain were growing on the earth. For the Lord had not yet sent rain to water the earth, 
and there, no, there were no people to cultivate the soil. He did not send the rain and the things to make prosper until there was somebody to do the work. He will call you for what he needs you to do, and then he will supply you on how to do it. And it's all about God's resources. Resources can be a lot of different things. And God is not a wasteful God. He will not waste his resources. So when you think about that and God has given you something, remember his word will not return without, without, without empty, without being fruitful. So if he gives you something, he knows you're going to be fruitful with it. So steadfast, pray always and continue the course because God invested in you enough to know that he was going to get a return on his investment. Now, trusting in God for resources has always been tough for me personally. I like to do things on my own. And lately in the house, I've made my kids memorize this scripture, and we're learning on memorizing a bigger portion. And it's Matthew 6 where it says, focus on God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. That came as a big comfort for me at first, but still a struggle as I learn. In fact, just the other day, we took our kids out of town. We've been working. The kids, where you see my kids, they sweep, they clean, they do all this kind of stuff. So always promise them a huge, big family fun day somewhere at the park, going out of town. They love this place that's uh, right when you get into Houston. It's this big dragon palace indoor playground. They talk about it all the time. So we decided to go there. And so it's uh, not that far away. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Like, hey, it's good to go. And so we just start our day like normal. And this verse we've been learning for the week before. So God's already prepping me for what I, what I feel like is a trial and a learning experience. Because on our way out of town, we stop at a restaurant that we know family members of or we know friends of. And we order this big old breakfast. And the next thing we know is, hey, it's on us. Surprise. Completely free breakfast. And I was like, wow, y'all don't have to do that. It's amazing. You're like, man, thank God. And we keep going. God was already prepping the way for that day because minutes later, as many of you have a niece that we, uh, we just married off and she went off. So everybody said, yay, Sabrina. And it costs a lot of money. Now, granted, God provided everything for that wedding that we needed. So my part was nothing compared to God's part, but it was enough that we threw a bunch on a credit card just in case. And so the night before we ordered some stuff and Lori accidentally put the wrong card on there. It was the wedding card we weren't supposed to use. And she put it on there and I got an email that said, hey, your credit card is declined. It's maxed out. No good. And all of a sudden, just the fear and anxiety hit me like a bowling ball just right through the heart. And normally it wouldn't bother me because we knew this was going to happen. But immediately I had a spiritual attack of anxiety and doubt that hit me, and it changed my whole di di disposition. And as we drove, Lori's like, hey, what's wrong? Were you upset? I'm like, and I immediately told her, I said, I know I shouldn't worry about this, but I definitely can feel spiritual, like, anxiety hitting me really hard because the message I just got. I should not worry about it. I don't want to worry about it, but it is hurting me right now. And so we talked about it, we prayed about it, and then immediately it was like, I, I made a comment. I was like, I really need God to step up. I need God to help out because I'm feeling it. And then minutes later, or in the conversation, it's like, by the way, how much was breakfast? It was free. It was supplied for. And I was like, 
Okay, okay, well, God took care of that. That's great. We go to the dragon place. A few little things happen that the kids like. Normally, you have to pay for a birthday party for, like, the big dragon to run around and stuff like that. If you have kids, you understand they want to see the dragon. And so we leave for lunch, and we come back. It hadn't come all day. We happened to go on a Saturday, and right when we came back, all the lights were out, which means dragon's coming out, party show, and the girl's like, we got to see the dragon. So immediately, we run the kids inside, and they're super excited, and they see, like, wow, God, you did that for them because we didn't pay for a party. We just piggybacked off somebody else's party, okay? We jumped in. They joined the conga line and went all the way around, and they had a blast. We didn't pay a dime for it. So, okay, God, that's awesome. A little later in the day, I get a t- I check my locker because it's a huge playground. We lock our old stuff up. I look it up. Boom. Someone else in the church texts me, hey, by the way, we have way too many eggs. Would your family like some? I was like, yeah, we got like three dozen for you, 30, 18 packs for you. I was like, wow, thank you. Like, I, just, I went up to Lori, and I said, hey, I was like, now we have eggs. Like, God's provided eggs for it, too. And immediately, God is like, I told you I was going to take care of it. And lastly, as we were leaving, that same party we piggy-tailed off earlier, lady came up to her. We're nice. Everybody, we're, now I'm having a good time. I'm relaxing a little bit. And she came up. She goes, how many kids do you have? I was like, let me count how many today I have. I said, I've got five with me right now. She goes, wow, you have a lot. She goes, we have extra um, party favors that the party pack came with. We want to bless all your kids with it. And I was like, wow, this is Houston. No one else. And so I come up with all these little backpacks full of stuff, and the girls are going ballistic. And they're like, wow, I can't believe we got prizes. How this happened? I was like, Jesus blessed us. Here you go. Enjoy it. God has always reminded me every day that if he's called us, he will provide for us. Like pastor said, we take care of his kids. He will take care of our kids. And my kids are spoiled and blessed with clothes. I'm not even sure if I bought clothes in the last few months because everyone's always blessed my kids of all ages and been taken care of. Now, how does that pertain to us? How does God help us and provide for us? Acts 1.8 but if you receive power of the Holy, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So just like in Genesis, when it said, "I want you to create, take care of all these animals," I've already supplied for you. I've supplied for the animals. I just need you to be obedient. And then Jesus comes, I need you to talk to everybody you can about me and spread this Garden of Eden here. I've already taken care of you. I'm already taking care of everybody else. The Holy Spirit is going to be your witness. The Holy Spirit is going to give you power. God has called you to make disciples and to share the news about the kingdom. He has also given you the power for everything you have to accomplish the mission. How? With the power and supplies that God gives us. Always trust in God. He will be there to supply his mission. So let's talk about the where. Where do we take dominion at? In Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, it says the Lord formed uh, the man out of the dust of the ground, breathed life into his nostrils, made him a living person. Verse 8, then the Lord planted a garden. So he made the person first, and then he went and planted a garden in the east of Eden. And then he placed the man there that he made. And once the man was placed, he made all sorts of trees grow around him. And they were beautiful and produced delicious fruit in the middle of the garden. And he placed the tree of life there, which is the life source. It was the eternity there. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So 
if you want to know where you place your dominion at, it's exactly where God has placed you at right now. God has set you where you are right now. Your job, your family, your house. God has been in the works. He's know you, he knows you're going to be here. He knows you're going to answer the call. He's already invested in you. You're exactly where you need to be. He has called you to be fruitful and multiply where you are. Now, let's say you don't like where you are. Well, I suggest you plant as much seed as you can there. Do as much work for the Lord you can so he can go and say, okay, now this job is done. I'm going to move you to something bigger and better. Our fifth question is, when do we begin? Not only am I saying this to my church family, but to my family, my friends, my children, and to myself, to remind myself daily that do not let another moment pass by and live in your life without God or the one who created you and purposed you for so much more than what you can see in front of you. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2 says, as, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, just at the right time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day God wants to step in your life and fix things. All you have to do is ask. And just like God is not wasteful with his resources, in the same way, he's given you kindness and he doesn't want you to ignore it and let it go void. Now is the time to act. Don't let another second go by where the enemy has controlled over you with fear anxiety, addiction, or doubt. Don't let the enemy have dominion over your family, influencing them, which he loves to do, to live a life without God and without salvation. That, start, that stops right now, and it only starts with you. The word dominion means to govern, rule, control, manage, lead, to have authority over, to master something. This word is not to be taken lightly. It's actually aggressive. It's time to take back what the enemy is trying to steal from us with the almighty power and authority given to us from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. He is the comforter. He is here to help you. We just have to engage it. You were made in the image of God, meaning you were made to function like God. His characteristics, his likeness, if you want to know how to be a successful human being or successful at your purpose, the best thing you need to study is God himself. Study Jesus. Study God. And that's how we're to act. If you were made to function like God, the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you are not functioning like God and the way he created you, then you are malfunctioning. Malfunctioning leads to the destruction of your spirit and your physical body. Function like God, everything he created, he spoke into existence. God's faith is the bar. Now, God knows everything will happen when he says it happens, and we have to join on that faith. We have to be able to piggy tail off of that. And we have to speak things into existence because your words are powerful. So use them properly. Use them where you need to and don't misuse them. We don't want to be putting out words that, don't, that 
come back unfruitful. Always use words that are fruitful and help your situation. Now that we have answered most of the questions about our original purpose and how we're born to dominate, we've talked about the what, when, where, why, and how, but the only question we haven't mentioned is the who. Who do we dominate? Because one of the biggest struggles we face is really other people. Paul had problems. Jesus had problems with all the religious leaders, and he prayed for them to get out, and they, still, they were still there. God said, no, I'm not removing them. That's why you're there. He says, so when we dominate our environments, how do we manage the people around us if they don't see the same things we do? First of all, if you want to dominate someone, you dominate your flesh. You, the, the Apostle Paul says, when you don't, I don't fight like a boxer and just make strikes in the air. I put a strike to my own self to make my flesh a, sl- a slave to myself so that I can do what God wants me to do, not what my flesh wants to do. My conclusion of this message and the answer to the who, as Haley comes up, is to dominate with love. Jesus told his disciples to go out to all the world, but to remember the commandments that he gave him. Jesus gave many commandments in his teachings, but when asked about the greatest commandment in the law, he answered this in Matthew 27, 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets were based on these two commandments. Love is not an option. It's a commandment. God is love. You cannot change someone else no matter how hard you try. But through love and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can show them a way to Jesus. He can begin that transformation. Because of love, we were created, and because of love, we are saved. People are attracted to love. People are attracted to the kindness and the power of God. That's why everybody followed Jesus. They saw exactly what God had called them to do, and they liked it, because that was how you properly function. Now, the prefix and a lot of words we use, because he gave his very best for us to be redeemed. The prefix re, re, means that you have something that was already there before. So if you have the word reread, that gives me the impression you've already read the book, you're going back to read it a second time. The key to learning on how to dominate and have dominion in your environment and your family and your godly walk, and honestly, we don't deserve it, but because you are a child of God, Your heavenly father sent his only son to death, grave, and back again to redeem you of your statue from your sinful nature, to reclaim your birthright you already had and your family that is owned by God, not by anybody else, and to restore your spirit so that you can once again have dominion over your life in the kingdom of God. I'd like everyone to stand to their feet. Raise your hands, because if you can understand dominion, you can understand the extension of kingdom from heaven to earth and how it is our birthright to be able to take on that dominion, then you will understand the Bible in its entirety at a whole nother light. 
You will be more empowered in your walk with God knowing that you are a citizen of that kingdom, that you are able to take dominion and change your environment for the best and what God has for you. It is up to you for you and your family. And let God move in the Holy Spirit to protect you from anything the enemy throws at you to finally squash the anxiety, the depression, to get rid of it. Because that's what plagues our generation right now. Self-doubt. And you know what other generation that it caused for self-doubt? Adam and Eve. Because Satan went and tempted Eve with something she already was. Says, Don't you want to be like God? She already was like God. He caused her to self-doubt and to forget her place in the kingdom and tricked her in giving up in disobedience. Don't let that affect us today because we have a greater power than ever been with the blood of Jesus to be able to cover everything and to give us power with the Holy Spirit. And if you'll join me in prayer, we usher in the kingdom in our own lives. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your kingdom, that we are adopted back adopted back into the children of God, Lord, and the family of God that we once were and fell away from God, but you loved us so much. All you wanted to do was dwell within us and dwell around us and to rule beside us, Lord, as we extend your kingdom here on earth. Lord, I ask your Holy Spirit to come in each one of our lives to reestablish dominion and kick out anything that doesn't belong, anything that does not have legal right there, and everything belongs to Jesus because of the blood. We thank you, God, for everything you've done. We worship you now, Lord, as we usher in the kingdom in our lives, in our family, and we will not give up ground, Lord, Father God, but we will extend the Garden of Eden. We will extend what you have for us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit Riverside Church tx.com